to episode 168 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, going live from our virtual studio on the beautiful internet. A good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is so committed to the show, he's joining us from the Hampton Inn, John Scott Sloat. The luxurious Hampton Inn, Matt. The luxurious yeah. Hampton Inn. Yeah. In Bedford, Pennsylvania. The thriving uh, vacation destination of Bedford, Pennsylvania. Yep. It's got a Wendy's, a Hampton Inn, and a Sheets. Whoa. Whoa. And a Haas's. You've been to a Haas's ever? No. What's that? It's like a, it's a, it's like a, a low-end steakhouse. Okay. Um, that kind of occupies the middle of PA. All right. And so did you dine there this fine evening? No, I was, I just pulled into the hotel and grabbed a bag of Wendy's food and uh, mm. thought I, I need the pod. I, I, yes. I need to record some pod. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's face it. You are living the dream, John, spending the night in a Hampton Inn, eating a bag of Wendy's, recording a podcast that reaches dozens of people but this um, is the life I lead. You know, this is, <laughs> I didn't choose this life. It chose me. It did. It did. Yes. So, um, well, let's do our standard here. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can find us on Twitter at VNS pod, email the show, various and sundry podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. And as always, we invite you to, uh, leave us a five-star rating and a review on whatever platform you join us through. So, all right, John, let's jump right into the sports because it's a busy weekend or past week, actually, where we've had a lot going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the place to start, obviously, is the uh, March Madness NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Um, it has lived up to its reputation for madness. How much uh, tournament action did you catch? Uh, maybe, I think I did about 12 hours of basketball watching over the weekend, 12 to 15 hours. Wow. I did a fair amount of basketball watching. <laughs> That's a stunning amount for you, John. Yeah, I, I did a fair fair, fair amount. And mostly with my wife, my wife, for the most part was by my side watching basketball with me. <laughs> now, was she reading a book at the same time or she, she was not. So we were in Columbus, Ohio, visiting her grandparents and, uh, at both sets of grandparents house, they, they had it on all day. Yeah. It was great. Well, it was quite the, uh, quite the first weekend we, uh, we saw, something that had only happened once before in the history of the tournament, a 16 seed beating a one seed, uh, fairly Dickinson beating Purdue. Um, I can't say as I'm like utterly and completely shocked given that, uh, Purdue was struggling down the stretch, but I am still surprised. Obviously. Did you watch any of that? Yeah. I'm surprised their big guy didn't get many touches in the last, uh, nine minutes of the game. So their big, uh, Goliath, character yeah zach Eady. no no field goals attempted in the last nine minutes yeah um i mean purdue's big weakness has been their inconsistent guard play they have two uh true freshmen playing guard uh both indiana kids uh but 
uh, you know, inexperience at the back in the backcourt can be a killer. And it was for them. Um, and then the uh, other big upset in the round, first round was Princeton beating Arizona. And then Princeton went on to win another game. Yes, made it to the Sweet 16. So um, the Ivy League representing there. Uh, and then probably the other big takeaway was number one, Kansas, losing to eight-seat Arkansas in the second round. Um, you know, it's just so wide open this year. It'll be interesting to see uh, what happens from here. But um, I think those were the big takeaways. Any, uh, oh, I don't have this down here on the rundown, but did you, uh, surely at least you saw highlights of the end of the Furman, uh, Virginia game. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. That was just stunning. I, I wish I'd seen it live. I didn't, but I saw the highlights um, where go yeah, ahead. I'm, Virginia's up. Uh, up two, no, up, sorry, up four late. Uh, and Furman goes down, gets a bucket. There's like 12 seconds left. And, uh, Virginia is up two. They have to inbound the ball. They inbound the ball to their, uh, to one of their senior guards. So this is not like some, you know, freshman. This is a senior. They trap him in the corner and they have a timeout. But he doesn't call a timeout. He just literally over his head chucks the ball towards the other end of the floor, right into the arms of a fairly dick or sorry, a Furman player, who then advances the ball up to a teammate who hits a three to win the game, basically. I mean, just one of those bizarre scenarios where you're like, this is out of Hollywood. Like this wouldn't really happen. Oh, yeah. And it does. What doesn't it feel like in a way with uh, fairly uh, Dickinson beating Purdue that the real winner of that game was Virginia, right? Right. To no longer to be the lone team to be sure by enough by a 16 seed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, So that, that does, you know, that does help the reputation, I suppose, to say, okay, now there's been another one. We're not the only team in NCAA history to lose to a 16. Um, so, yeah, I suppose you could look at it that way. That That's the positive spin yeah. for, for Virginia there. And, and I am the optimist um, of, the, <laughs> of the pod. You are the resident optimist of the podcast, yes. Um, what did you make of Arkansas's coach ripping his shirt off after uh, the win over Kansas? Was that appropriate? Was it <laughs> not um, appropriate? There's only one right answer to that question, and it is absolutely not in a, not appropriate. It, I mean, come on. Uh, now, in fairness, it's not like he was like some hideous oversized man who you sure. know but still uh, i i'm sorry i i i don't want to see my coaches ripping off their shirts uh after a big win well and clearly displaying the fact that he had he he had done some maintenance <laughs> right like like he had cleaned up some hair on the body <laughs> for sure like it was like he was preparing for it yeah um, yeah now I understand it was a big win for them, but what happens? Do they? Does he do it again after that? If they win again, does he do it again? I don't know. You almost have to. I mean, maybe you save it if you make the final four. So maybe like you, you, if you know, skip a game if you win it, and then if you win the next one. 
Well, well, if he wins the national title, I, I mean, I think he's got a streak. Like, I think that's, I think I'm, that's next. I'm, I'm terrified that he might go another level, and then yeah. we're all in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was funny because the reporter was trying to like start the interview, and he was still like putting his shirt back on for the interview after the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and it's I a female. I'm... It's a female reporter too, which makes it really awkward well and i think i'm okay with my athletes doing that you know after they win a big game or a championship yeah, yeah. the coach it was just it was just no. weird just no. weird bizarre bizarre well we should probably uh look at the standings for the yeah. podcast uh bracket competition have you looked at them today since uh or, or since the second the second round concluded I just pulled them up, so I'm just okay. looking at them fresh. All right. So, um, well, let's first of all indicate where you and I are in the standings here. So, scroll to the bottom. All right. Yes, keep going, keep going. Okay, there we have. You are in 21st place. Tied for 21st, yes. Yes, yes. And I, not to be outdone, am tied for 28th. Mm-hmm. Now, we both still have our champion alive. That is true. Which that is, is true. Better than many, most, if not most. Most in the bracket, yeah. So um, uh, I, I should also point out that my uh, my wife is in 13th place. So a, a solid showing by her. Yep, yep. But let's get to the let's get to the top here. Um, in first is Joseph. Uh, he his bracket name is at Joey Bag of Donuts. Do you yeah, know who this it. is? Uh, Joey Bag of Donuts is a, or at least it used to be a uh, food at Moe's. That used to be one of the dishes at Moe's Southwest Grill. Okay. Which is, I'm sure, a reference to a to a, to a TV show of some kind, but I don't know it. Yeah. Uh, but I do not know who that is. Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know either. Uh, in second, uh, there's a four-way tie for, uh, sorry, five-way tie for second. Um. We've got Jacob. The bracket name is the VIP room. Oh, he's he's a sophomore at Grace. I believe he's in Greek right now. Uh, yes, I think that's who that is. Yes, I think so. Also in second, my son John. Solid Good, show. Nice, nice work. Yeah. Uh, uh, no H. Proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Lee. Lee's legit bracket. I think that's Milford Lee. Yes, I think so. Uh, and Stainer in second place as well. We know we know who that is. We know who that is. Yeah, uh, and also James, uh, and it's James's victorious bracket. Is that the title of that? I I think that's one of those. Uh, oh, uh, Yahoo gives it to him. Gives him that I, name. I think that's Jim and Indy. Jim and in Indiana. Oh, is it? I think so. Based on the picture there. Oh, okay, I don't see a picture with it. Uh, mine's got a picture, so I think that's oh, who that is. Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, that's Jim, that's Jim in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, faithful listener to the program. Mr. Smith. Yes. Yes, faithful listener to the program. Doing quite well. Good for him. Now, I will say three of those second-place teams have lost their champion. Yeah, there's some trouble on the horizon there. So a lot of Purdue, a lot of Arizona uh, champions yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
we'll see how things shake out. I mean, the big points are still in front if you've got teams left. You know, you start to get teams advancing further and further, and that's where you start to rack up the points. How many Final Four teams do you have left? I have one. Ooh. It's my cha- it's the it's my champion though. Sure, sure. I have three. I still have three left. Yeah. Yesterday was killer because I lost two two of my final four teams. I lost TCU and I lost Baylor. Okay. Wow, really going with Texas there. Yeah. Well, Houston is my uh, remaining. Uh, yeah, you had you had. <laughs> was that intentional? Were you just very pro Texas? Uh, it just kind of got there. Interesting. Yeah. I'd like to break down the psychology of that sometime, but maybe for another pod. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe a pod that will never be recorded. Okay. Um, so we should probably just mention briefly NBA uh, coming down to the wire here. There's like a, like 10 games left in the season for most teams. Yeah. Um, and so your Knicks are still in fifth. Cavaliers are in fourth. Uh, and then out in the Western Conference, you've got a uh, again just a, a a major sort of mashup of of teams within like a game of each other. So um, you know the gap between uh, fourth. Well, let's see. Let's put it this way: the the gap between um, sixth and uh, sixth and twelfth is two games. So wow. still a lot that can happen there. Um, and, and the Lakers have stuck their way, if the season ended today, into the playoffs. Yeah, they'd be in the play-in tournament. Uh, they're currently the 10 seed. Uh, t- tied in terms of rec- uh, yeah, in terms of record with the Timberwolves, but apparently the Timberwolves have a tiebreaker over them. Uh, and the, well, and the Jazz are tied in terms of with them in terms of games back, but they've played two less games. So um, be interesting to see how that develops, but um, you want to say anything briefly about uh, spring training world baseball classic? Well, pr- probably the biggest thing is the injuries that have happened at the world baseball classic. Yeah. Uh, so Edwin Diaz, uh, the Mets new, uh, uh I can't remember how much we paid him. I think $12 million a year closer. Okay. Celebrating Puerto Rico's win. Tore an ACL. You got to love these celebration injuries. Yeah. Uh, and he's out the whole season now. And nice. then uh, Jose Altuve for Venezuela, the uh, second baseman of the Astros, uh, broke a finger. Okay. And is going to miss some significant time. Yeah. So that... That seems to be the big takeaway from the World Baseball Classic. I'm not even sure who – I'm not even sure. I think the United States is doing well and is still in it. Uh, but uh, beyond that, I, I, I don't know much of what's going on. Okay. Uh, we should also note that the Jets have named a new general manager. You may have wow. heard of his name, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, former quarterback – or soon-to-be former quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. That's uh, – that's snap – snarky uh matthew Harmon after you, uh after dark do you deny that um i think it's like i think i don't think he gave them a list of demands i think it was a list of just like hey here's some guys i like i think that was more the tone 
oh. of the ask. I don't think it was. I don't think it was like a. I need these four guys, um, in order to be in New York. I think it was like, hey, these are guys that I've enjoyed playing with, and would very okay. much like to have. But I don't think it was a demand. Yeah. Well, we'll see how that all develops. Because um, despite all of that, he has not officially signed with the Jets. No, no, there has been no trade, although everybody's assuming it's just going to happen. Yeah. And the pessimist inside me is just, I don't know. There, it's its tricky to trade a guy when he so is, like, it's hard to get a lot of value back. Um, for I mean, as great as Aaron Rodgers is. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's probably going to happen, but. Yeah, I, th- I think the question is, is there a first round pick or is it not? Um, I think that's the the big matzo ball that's out there. Yeah. Uh, last sports note, um, Grace uh, made it to the Elite Eight in the NAIA tournament before losing uh, to Georgetown College out of Kentucky. So a great season for them, uh, ending in the Elite Eight. And um, uh, a little disappointing, just in the sense that I think they had a legit chance to yeah. uh, maybe win it all or at least make it to the title game. So, uh, but still a fantastic season for them. Um, and then I looked up the world baseball classic. Uh, the United States is in the championship game against a team to be named later uh, Tuesday night. So it's either going to be Mexico or Japan, okay. <laughs> Mexico and Japan have to battle it out to see who okay. faces the United States in the championship of the world baseball. Yeah. Classic. At first, there it sounded like a uh, like a, a trade, right? Yeah, a- yeah. And for a player to be named later, a player to be named later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's a lot of sports. We should probably uh, move on to our main topic. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. Our main topic for today is AI or artificial intelligence, and uh, in particular, we're going to talk about uh, Chat GPT. So uh, this is something that um, is probably a little bit more on our radar being in an academic context than maybe in some other people's radar. But before we get to the specifics of chat and GPT, let's talk in general about AI or artificial intelligence. John, when you hear that term, what comes to mind first? I mean, pro- probably most naturally just a sci-fi movie where yeah, you know the the machines rise up and and want to overthrow humankind, and you know I, the Matrix at some level comes up, or yeah, or the Terminator, the Terminator, yeah, yeah, movies like that where um, the machines sort of take over and and we're helpless. Um, yeah, at, at the beast we've created. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, in particular, though, I mean, there's obviously. Artificial, artificial intelligence is is a very wide ranging topic, and uh, neither of us are even remotely qualified to really talk knowledgeably no. uh, about it in broad strokes. But one area that I think we can speak to is this uh, recent tool that's that's been uh, that's been put out called uh, chat GPT. And um, I'm just going to read for you here a, uh, a, an explanation 
Uh, of course, this is very technical, so we'll have to put it into, you know, understandable human terms, right? Uh, ChatGPT is a conversational language model developed by OpenAI. It is a variant of the GPT-3 language model that is specifically designed to handle a wide range of conversational tasks, such as generating responses to user input in a chat-like environment. So if I understand that correctly, ChatGPT is free on the internet yes. somewhere. I, I have not gone and played with it, but, but you have. I have, yes. And as I understand it, basically there's like a, you can give it a prompt like, goodness, write me four paragraphs about the founding of the United States. Yep. And it would it would produce four paragraphs uh, about the founding of the United States. Is that is that kind of the gist? Yes. Yes. So... Uh, and it writes it in a way that is, um, you know, it's not going to be the best written style you've ever come across, but it sounds like a human being basically wrote it. Maybe not the most flowing style, but um, it's, uh, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where you feed it a prompt and it then uh, responds back with, uh, whatever information you're asking for. So uh, Joe Carter over at Gospel Coalition wrote an article kind of summarizing. He's 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 built up his own little cottage industry of, um, you know, things you should know about and then fill in the blank. And uh, as a result, um, he wrote one on, on uh, artificial intelligence and uh, chat GPT. The article is how an AI chat bot may affect gospel centered ministry. And so that's the angle that he uh, is interested in. So I want to start there and then we'll circle back to the academic end of things. Cause that's sure. more where you and I um, kind of uh, operate, so to speak. So a um, couple of quotes from this. Uh, AI algorithms can be used to personalize and target digital evangelism efforts, reaching people with tailored messages and resources based on their specific interests and needs. AI can also help analyze and interpret data from evangelism efforts, providing insights and feedback to help improve the effectiveness of gospel-centered ministry. That's one quote from the article. Okay. Second quote. In the near future, AI will provide greater access to religious content and resources, as well as aiding in pastoral activities. AI can parse religious texts and identify trends, allowing pastors to target their sermons for maximum impact. AI may also be useful in gathering insights from sermons or helping prepare homilies, as well as providing personalized advice and counseling to churchgoers. So there's two quotes. Yep. And then you get almost to the end of the article, and then Joe Carter admits, of the 541 words in this article so far, 455 were written by ChatGPT. And he just went back and lightly edited? Is yeah. That, is that kind of the implication I think so. there? Yes. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that, yeah, that sounds like a reasonable few sentences like i'd want to parse them apart a little bit more have a little sure. bit more conversation right what does that really mean yeah but that sounds kind of like joe carter wrote it now that may say more about joe carter than it does chat gpt <laughs> but, 
but uh yeah that that's just wild yeah absolutely um so i mean i, I think the the big thing uh where this uh comes into play in our world obviously is within the academy and the ability of students to potentially use something like this to generate a paper. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely horrifying. So uh, I've sat in at least a few meetings now at, uh, at grace talking through uh, how do we address this? What do we do about it? And one of the, one of the big issues currently is that uh so there's a service that a lot of schools use called turn it in and it's a plagiarism checker where basically marvelous absolutely marvelous yeah so it's it it analyzes a student's paper and then it highlights potential areas where a student has plagiarized or has similar content to a source and it's it's admittedly a blunt instrument because, you know, if two student papers have the same quote from the same source, it'll highlight that. And so it gives you a percentage. So, you know, it might say, oh, gosh, 30 percent of this paper is, you know, unoriginal material. But then you go and look and you're like, oh, it's because they have a they they used a quote here or they quoted this Bible verse or things like that. So it's a bit of a blunt instrument. But it's a good starting point for you as a as a professor to be able to say, let me look at this a little bit more closely. Oh, that's not really plagiarism or, oh, yeah, that is actually plagiarism. And it will it will it will not just uh, search other papers that have been turned in in your class. It will search a good chunk of the Internet. Yeah. And it will it will search papers that are really anywhere in the database in the Turnitin database. Yes. Even at other institutions. Correct. Which is really, really helpful. Yeah. Now, of course, the problem is uh, currently the Turnitin uh, service is not capable of detecting the use of AI generated content like that produced by ChatGPT. That's a little scary. That's real scary. I mean, I've, I've talked to some professors who are like, I'm pretty sure somebody had used it to turn in a paper, but professors can't be, can't be sure that they cheated. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now I, I did read a post that turn it in is working on the ability to actually detect AI generated content and they're optimistic that they've, that they're onto something. So we'll see, okay. but inevitably, you know, it's, it's like, um, it, the cops are always a few steps behind the criminals, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and so, uh, even if turn it in comes up with something, uh, inevitably people are going to find ways to get around it. But, um, John, can you see any legitimate uses of this, even in an academic context? Oh goodness. I mean, people try to talk about them, you know, you know, I think I think academics are initially go like, oh my gosh, this is the worst, right? Yep. Uh, but and then there's the contrarian academics that are go, actually, this is great, and here's yeah. how, here's seven ways that you need to use it. 
Uh, no, I think generally think I, I, I think it's pretty bad for academics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really don't see a positive uh, side to this. Um, maybe in like solving writer's block on a paper, like, like if I was, if I was stuck, you know, getting, Hey, give me a paragraph on this. And it gave you a paragraph. And you're like, well, I like this. I don't like this. And you can, you can massage it and work it enough to make it your own might, might be a legitimate use of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I really struggle to see a, a legitimate use of it. Do, do you see one? Well, uh, a legitimate academic use is one thing. But um, I can envision using this kind of like you might use Wikipedia, meaning you know nothing about something. So you go to Wikipedia and you're like, what the what the heck is this? Yeah. And you skim through and you're like, "Okay, I have a general sense of what that is now. Oh, and look at that. There's some sources at the bottom of the page. Let me click on that link and see if that's something that's reputable or something like that. I could see ChatGPT working perhaps in a similar vein um, where if I had a question about something that was completely not in my field and was just wondering, what is that? To be able to say, to, to type into an AI generator, summarize what blank is, you know, or something like that, that could be helpful potentially. Yeah, I'd probably put, explain it to me like I'm five. (laughs) But, but, and here's something that uh, I think needs to be stressed. ChatGPT gets a lot of things wrong. Yeah, you have a, you have a pretty good story about this. Well, I, I, I'm playing, or I played around with it again before we recorded here tonight. And um, so, first of all, I asked it to write, uh, my first prompt was uh, write an essay summarizing the key themes in Second Peter and Jude, citing the work of Matthew S. Harmon. Okay. Okay. You have works on Second Peter and Jude. I do. I have a commentary out, and I have a theology out. So, and you know, it did. Uh, it did give a decent summary. Um, and the the second time I ran the prompt, it did say in his book, a commentary on second Peter and Jude, which I'm like, well, uh, sort of the first time I ran the prompt though. Um, it said, uh, it had this line in it. According to Matthew S. Harmon, a theologian and author of quote, second Peter and Jude, a 12 week study. The following are some of the key themes in both books. Um, I did not write a book, <laughs> a 12-week study on Second Peter and Jude. I so did not. It, it made up a publication for you? Yes. So yeah. do you get to count that now in like your, your list of public? <laughs> Does that go in the CV? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. So then um, I tweaked it again. Um I said, write me an essay summarizing the key themes in Second Peter and Jude with at least five citations from the work of Matthew S. Harmon. I'm going to make it work a little harder. Yeah. So then it does give a quote. Um, True knowledge of God is inseparably linked with both knowing God and being transformed into his likeness. I might have said that. I, I haven't had the time to go track that down. 
<laughs> What's interesting is it puts in parentheses Harmon and then the year 2015, which is not any That's date. That's not right. That's not right. And it gives a page number. So I'm curious. I think that might just be made up. Um, so then I asked it to, um, to, to write an essay on the theme of sin and exile in the Bible, which is something else I've written on. Yep. You have a book on that. Yep. With at least five citations from the work of Matthew S. Harmon. And, um, it summarizes stuff and I'm like, well, I I don't, I, maybe I sort of kind of said that, but not really. And then it again says that I wrote the book in 2018, which is not true. I wrote it in 2020. And I'm confident that the quote they gave me is not um, on that page, if it even is a legitimate quote. Have you copied the quote and put it into Google to see where it's where it may be getting that quote from? I haven't. I haven't. That would be fat. That'd be fascinating. It was like N.T. Wright or, you know. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. James Dunn or, you know, um, so, some guy that is, is very much not you. Yeah. Well, I, I just refreshed it and it's writing a new prompt on the sin and exile one. Um, let's see here. Matthew S. Harmon in his book, sin and exile reflections on the prohibition of the tree of life. I definitely did not write. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely did not write a book entitled. Oh, that's funny. So it's just it's like literally making stuff up as it's going. It clearly doesn't follow the Ten Commandments, you know. Yes, yes. So um, fascinating that it just makes stuff up, and so wow. Um, I do know that one of the things that we have talked about in the meetings I've been in is figuring out ways to craft like a prompt in terms of like a paper prompt that makes it incredibly difficult for something like chat GPT to actually generate content that is relevant. Don't, don't you think one of the solutions to this is, uh, is blue book finals? Uh, maybe. Right. And for, for listeners probably younger than me out there, a blue book final was you come in, you get a, a paper back blue book that's just lined pages. Yep. And the professor puts a prompt on the board and you hand write an essay of about that prompt, displaying your knowledge that you've learned in the course, those sorts of things. Yeah. Uh, they were horrifying when I was when I was <laughs> in school. Yeah. Um, did did you have any of those when you were in school? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that, so, was the, that was the norm. Yeah, that that feels like one way uh, to get around chat GPT is just Give, give the students hammer and chisel and let them go nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, this will continue to be an area that uh, is expanding and growing and, and, and believers need to be thinking about it. We've got a link to the, um, to the article by Joe Carter. I've also left in the two books by John Dyer that we mentioned last week in our episode that are in the show notes. And added two more, uh, two by Tony Reinke, who is a very good uh, Christian thinker and writer on the areas of technology. Uh, He wrote a book entitled, uh, I've got two listed here, Competing Spectacles, Treasuring Christ in the Media Age. And then uh, his most recent book on this subject, Much Thicker, 
God, technology, and the Christian life. So broader than mm-hmm. the AI conversation, um, but uh, those could be some helpful uh, resources. You know, it's also possible that you're going to see pastors start to just, you know, write a sermon on um, Romans 9 and then, you know, just sort of say, go. And they kind of take what's there and tweak it and, and run with it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've seen prompts where it's like, uh, give me a three minute devotional in the style of John Piper or yeah. something like that. And it, it's kind of looks like John Piper would have wrote that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So this will be an area we have to continue to uh, kind of monitor and, and, and think about and reflect on. Um, and this is where, again, as as leaders in the church, we need to be proactive in helping people think about technology, not just as a uh, as a neutral tool, but ultimately something that anytime you use a form of technology, it ends up shaping you. It ends up yeah. transforming you in some way. That and, that gets back to that uh, uh, amusing ourselves to death. Yeah. Uh, book by uh neil postman there you go That's so good there you go all right we should probably move on uh probably move on you ready yep time now for this day in sports history okay this day in sports history march 21st uh is that spring are we in spring uh i don't know i think march 21st is the first day of spring Let's ask our trusty Google here. So I ask chat GPT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or actually it's today. We're recording March 20th. Today is the first day. Of oh, spring. well, happy spring, everyone. Yeah. Uh, the sun was out today, at least where I was and uh, yeah. was, was quite lovely. All right. So March 21st, uh, 2023 uh, in 1959 on this day, the 21st NCAA men's basketball championship, uh, California beats West Virginia 71 to 70. Close game. Uh, West Virginia future Hall of Famer, or future Hall of Fame point guard, Jerry West, named uh, MVP. Uh, MOP. Oh, that's not a typo. It's not a typo. Most opportunistic player? <laughs> Most outstanding. Most outstanding. Yes, he was the mop. He was the mop. Okay. All right. So that's Jerry West, the logo. Logo. One of, one of my faves. Uh, 1961. Art Modell purchases the Cleveland Browns for the record sum of $3,925,000. Yeah. Nearly $4 million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Dirt now in the uh, Cleveland area since he moved what was then the Browns to the, uh, to the city of Baltimore, and they became the Ravens there. Yeah. Well, we're not supposed to bring that up. Uh, as Nate in Ohio has told it's me many times. It's just a simple historical statement. Okay. Uh, 1964, the 26th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, UCLA beats Duke 98-83, a shellacking. Uh, Bruins' first title in first title game, undefeated season, 30-0. Yep, that was the start of their uh, long run with John Wooden. Yes, a very uh, uh, great basketball uh, legacy there at UCLA. Uh, 1970, Vinko Bajataj uh, <laughs> crashes 
during a ski jumping championship in Germany. His image becomes that of agony of defeat guy in the opening credits of ABC's Wide World of Sports. Do you remember? Uh, you might be too young. Do, yeah, I don't do you... remember any of that. Ugh. So ABC had this show, Wide World of Sports, where they'd kind of do these little vignettes on kind of more off the radar, the, the non-major sports in the U.S., right? So, you know, uh, things that were kind of lead-ups to Olympic events and that kind of thing. And as part of their uh, intro, they had sports clips going as the voiceover and music were saying, uh, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. <laughs> and it shows this guy, you should you should Google it, of him going down a ski jump and like like wiping out and just Ugh. flying off the ski jump looked brutal. Looked oh, brutal. Goodness. Poor Vinko. Uh, 2017 on uh, March 21st, Japanese baseball right fielder Ichiro Suzuki finishes his career with a record 4,367 stolen or bases hit. That's both in the Japanese league and the majors. Uh, as the Seattle Mariners beat the Oakland A's uh, 5-4 in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, so he um, he had actually a decent-sized career before playing in the majors here in the United States. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was really the first guy to have the left – he batted left-handed, and he would slap the ball to third. Mm-hmm. Like it was like a ground ball, and it was just so fast he would beat – beat out the throat of first yeah yeah he so good he's a lot of fun to watch yes yes indeed so uh who do you like john oh my goodness uh my goodness i think there's a right answer here there is yeah is it ichiro suzuki retiring no no it's not I mean, my goodness! I uh, want to go with Vinko. Oh, 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 oh! Just to get his name in the title. Yeah. yeah. How do you pr- how do you pronounce that last name there? I would say probably Bogatai. I think that J probably Bogatai. has a y, a y sound, is my guess. But you don't like my Bogataji, or uh... <laughs> well, that's uh, just probably not right. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's go Vinko. All right, Vinko, it is. One thing you liked. All right. So this weekend, uh, Andrea and I enjoyed uh, watching basketball all weekend with her grandparents, as I mentioned earlier. It was a great, great time uh, to be together with some family and to watch the basketball and eat uh, pizza and, and hang out. It was a good time. That's my one thing. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, mine is I bought a car. Nice. Yes. So, what, did, what car did you lose? Uh, so, my 2009 CRV is no longer part of the family. Okay. It was well worn. Okay. Uh, and time for it to uh, to move on to other pastures. So, I replaced that with a new Honda Pilot. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Enjoying driving that around town. Very much so. It's a okay. sweet ride. It's a sweet nice. ride. Yeah, when we uh, when we make our road trip to uh, Columbus 
in May, we can take that for a, for a spin. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be great. Absolutely. That'll be great. Yeah. All right. We have talked March Madness. We have talked artificial intelligence and chat GPT. We have talked Vinko Bogatai. We've talked John watching March Madness with the fam. Yep. And we have talked me buying a new car. So I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And yep, so that- all... I need to go to bed, so we, we need to wrap this up. <laughs> well, well, yeah, it's all wow. It's eight ten. Where, yeah, I mean, yeah. like you're practically ready for bed. Yeah, the the eyes are getting heavy over here. Um, it's dark outside. Oh goodness. Yes, indeed. Yep. Yeah, well, um, enjoy getting up at five a four a.m. Whenever you normally get up, and uh, just don't call or text me because I. <laughs> So, we've covered our various and sundry topics, and all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later. Later.